Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 13 of Flames Nation Radio, uh, the first edition of the brand new year 2022, so happy new year everyone. Uh, I'm Ryan Pike, your, your host, uh, joined as almost always by uh, our, our wonderful co-host Shane Stevenson. Hi Shane. Are we episode, is this episode 13? Episode 13. We've lasted I'm, I'm, this 12, I'm 12 for 13, so we're doing all right. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and as always, we're brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. When it's this cold out, DoorDash is wonderful because you don't have to try to see if your car will start. So in the event you do avail yourself of their wonderful services, make sure you tip generously because it's cold out there. And, uh, you know, car maintenance ain't free. Take care of the people who take care of you. Uh, we're also brought to you by uh, the wonderful people at Eau Claire Distillery who make uh, Rupert's Whiskey and many other fine beverages. Rupert's Whiskey is the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, my understanding is it's a limited time product. There are still some available. So head on over to their website or their, their uh, tasting room, any place you can find that sells fine Eau Claire Distillery products. They're very tasty. We are fans of them. Uh, since last time we spoke, the last time we spoke, the, I believe... It was on the eve of the Flames playing a hockey game. Uh, I, uh, I think December it was, 29th. Yeah, so it was the day before. They played the 30th, and then they had no other games. So the Flames, you know, blowing blowing our hair back. The last episode, we had zero games to talk about. This episode, we got three. And this will be this. a lot of this will sort of be a tale of sort of three cities, but really a tale of two cities because the Flames uh, – you know, coming out of a COVID pause where everyone dealt, pretty much everyone dealt with uh, with COVID-19 and came out of it in various states of readiness. And, you know, not everyone's body reacts the same way. So the, the, the team looks like they're still working through some kinks. They played against Seattle, who are a team that is last place in the Pacific Division. And they, you know, it was, it was a, a fairly back and forth game where the Flames were the better of the two teams uh, on, on the measure, both on scoreboard and overall. And then a couple, you know, on the second, they headed to Chicago for a game that was basically two and a half, like three weeks in the making. They, when uh, this whole catastrophe started, they were about to board a plane to Chicago and they had enough positive tests that they decided, no, we ain't going. Uh, and they, you know, they beat Chicago fairly handily. And then 
in what many folks, including myself, said would be a, a one of a few measuring stick games in a row. They went into scenic Sunrise, Florida, in Broward County, and uh, got their uh, their lunch fed to them by the the, the fancy cats, the, the Florida Panthers. So, I mean, this, in a nutshell, is the 2021-22 Calgary Flames. They played two games where you could argue they could play a little bit loose and play some river hockey and the, you know, you're not going to get burnt too bad, but if you, you know, it's, if you play loose against the fancy cats, they will take a bite out of you. And, you know, the, the flames just never really seemed like they had a handle on that game on, uh, on Tuesday night. Whereas, you know, they seemed very much in the thick of the other two games. So, I mean, Shane, did, did, what did, what did, from the, the three games that we've seen, the most recent games, what have we learned about, uh, about this hockey club? Well, uh, number one thing I've learned is Johnny Gaudreau does not look like COVID has affected him at all. He is flying, he is scoring, he is passing, he's playing tremendously. And uh, same with Lindholm and Kachuk, their chemistry didn't get lost over the three-week break. They are firing on all cylinders as one of the top five lines in the entire league, if not top two there with uh, currently based on numbers with uh, part neck and neck right now with the perfection line in Boston. Um, it's been fantastic. Um, but the one thing I learned from the last three games uh, team wise is the Florida Panthers are legit. The Chicago Blackhawks need to learn how to do literally some form of defense they just kind of were out there all skating they didn't defend the line they didn't do anything and uh seattle is strong defensively but oh my god dude like they're in bad they got to do something about their goaltending and they can't <laughs> so they, they spent all their money on dreger and grubauer and did, did you know there's 30 goals below expect like they've let in 30 goals more than expected which if even if you round them to the average, which is about one under, they'd be a playoff team. Like they've just been buried by goaltending. They, they, they don't. They don't. They don't score very much. Let's which, let's be honest. I mean, they their defense is kind of all over the place. They you know and Seattle Seattle's had the issue. You know, uh, shout out to Marissa and Jemmy who's who's covering this the the Kraken of the Seattle Times and does a really good job. So, you know, I've, I've been following her on Twitter since she was covering Boston and, you know, just following her on Twitter. Uh, you, you, you learn a lot about the team and it's, they're a team that has faced a lot of injuries. They face a lot of COVID absences. They've had players in and out. I mean, just, just look at, uh, you know, Chris Drager is a great example. He's been hurt. He's been sick. He's been in, he's been out. And Groove Hour has been good. He's been bad. He's been sick. He's been hurt. Like he's been like you can make that case for pretty much everybody. And you know, Mark Giordano has played with a bunch of different guys. They've had a bunch of different pairings. You never really know. You know, I, I think that's the biggest the biggest thing I think that separates the the, the Seattle Kraken from the Vegas Golden Knights of of uh, seventeen. You know, granted, I mean Vegas I think did a masterful job with the with the expansion draft, and you know, teams just weren't gonna you know. The Flames just weren't going to give up a first and a third to keep a 38-year-old man, and they were very representative of the entire league where there's like, just take someone, we don't care. Uh, and so Seattle got less cool stuff than Vegas did. Granted, I think, I think Vegas was in a better position to get cool stuff because of just where teams were and their various cycles. I think teams were a little bit smarter and more strategic 
heading into the expansion draft. But I mean, no pandemic, no pandemic either. Like that's that's another factor. Yeah, like it's it's harder. It was harder, I think, for Seattle to scout. I think teams were a little bit more risk averse than they were heading into the Vegas one. I mean, I I think Seattle Seattle did a pretty decent job of the draft, but I think they've had some really lousy luck in a lot of different ways. The team has not cohered together the way Vegas did. Seattle doesn't really seem to have a team identity the way that the, the Vegas Golden Knights did with the Gold Misfits thing. And, and let's be honest, like some some of the Vegas stuff was, you know, like they they had the the misfortune of being in Vegas right when that shooting happened. And I think it endeared them to the community, but I think it endeared them to each other too. I think when you're in that community, like, you know, talking to people around the team, like, and people, you know, as someone who spends a reasonable amount of my life in Vegas over the summers, you know, talking to people in those community or in that community, like that was a, 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 a month, two month, three month period that really cemented uh, that team in the community and the community to that team. I mean, the team became a team because they went through that kind of shitty situation together. Like there's no other way you can't sugarcoat. That's just, that's just a really traumatic rough situation to go through and you know the Derek England and a lot of other guys in the team really stepped up and you know did what they could to sort of help out and I think on and off the ice they just they found ways to click and you know I think it elevated Vegas above what they could have been at that point and then they just made a bunch of smart moves so there was there was a lot of things that went in together to Vegas being Vegas and I don't think Seattle had any of those things happened to them at least not nearly to the amount Vegas did well Vegas also was able to take their draft capital and turn it into players like you know Nick Suzuki who's very good they turned into Max Pacioretty who has been nuts this year Eric Brandstrom they turned into Mark uh, Stone like like they 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 obviously got Jack Eichel for talking crap like they they go out they got Petrangelo and had to shed Nate Smith to do it Nate Schmidt to do it they're like they they, were They've been good, and, and they don't and have that track record with Seattle. And there's, and it I is, think, there, I think Vegas, like if you're, if you're wondering why drafting and smart asset management is important, like Vegas is able to get Jack Eichel because they've done enough smart things around every other part of the lineup that they have the picks and the assets to do it. So I mean, I, I hope Seattle and, bounces back soon because you know, and there, it's not like Vegas is empty-handed too. Like Zach Whitecloud, Nick Hag on the back end. Like Zach Whitecloud just signed a six-year deal at like two point seven five million dollars which might, I honestly think might be one of the better, he's a right-handed defensive defenseman, and it might be one of the better deals in the entire league for what he brings. He's up to like 13 points already this year in like 27 or 28 contests. And he's, he's played like he, the other night with all the guys sick, he played 27 minutes and they won. Like yep. he's just, it's like, and they got he's, that guy for six more years at under 3 million. And that's the thing, so, like he's, is he, is he ever going to be like a, tippity top first pairing guy i don't know but he's nicky Olmerson's is like my like compare like if he could become a piece on a championship team it would be like nicky Olmerson on those chicago cup years or yeah. like rob scuderi when he won you, the cups with the penguins and the you, kings you, you like, don't you don't need a bunch of generals you need a bunch of guys who can fit different roles on your team mm-hmm. and white white cloud seems to be a guy who knows what his role is and it's just really really good like you know, I, I think we, we've talked about this, about the Flames, the successful Flames death guys. We've talked about a lot of this, about, you know, Milan Lucic in particular. Self-awareness is 
amazing thing to have if you use it well. And some of the best depth players, and I, I put White Cloud in this category now, he seems to know exactly what he is and what he isn't. And he, he just does his thing really, really well. So, I mean, anyway, yeah. So, so yeah, Seattle. Well, that's like, a good lead in. That's a good lead in depth wise to talk about the problem that we found when Calgary played Florida. Because uh, and, and let's, and let's be completely Florida. honest here. They played Florida and Florida's missing Sam Reinhart. Sam, Florida's missing Sam Bennett. Florida's missing, I think, they're missing uh, Mason Marchman, who's become a really, really fourth decent line, fourth line guy. He's, he's the fourth liniest fourth liner in the in the league. Like he's just he doesn't do a lot, but he does it well. Ryan Longer's another example. I mean, really good depth players. And Vegas, Vegas has high end depth, and Vegas has middle six depth. Not Vegas, Florida. Florida has you know a really good top six, and they have a really good top nine. And they even arguably they have some fourth line guys that you can push up into the third line a bit. And because of the system and granted, I mean, they're playing Calgary and they're playing Calgary at home. So Vegas got, or uh, Florida got to control matchups, but I mean, which, which wow. lines were good for Cal- like, I thought that well, I, I thought the flames first line was generally good, but I think yeah. in general, the flames had trouble with the pace and the speed and the skill of the Panthers because the flames the Flames have a first line they can play with with the uh, high end teams and a second line, but I think what ends up happening is we we've we've discussed this in the past. The Flames have first line that's quick, that fast, smart, and plays fast and smart. They have a second line. I guess you could say you know right now uh, Coleman, Backlund, and uh, whoever's with them. It's been Pitlick most recently. They can play fairly fast, fairly smart. Uh, the Lucic Bennett or Lucic uh, Dubé and Mangiapane can play with speed. Like Dubé and Mangiapane are fast, and Lucic has the ability to play fast. But you basically have one really fast line as the first line, and your second and third lines are reasonably fast. And then your fourth line has Sam Bet or the no, Sean no. Monahan, uh, Brad Richardson. It ended up being it, Brett Richie. It was Brett Richie, yeah. and then. Uh, and then the other guy is Tre- Trevor Lewis. And none of those, like, when Brad Richie is the fastest guy on your line, uh, that's not ideal. And even on the, on the blue line, like you have the top four, the top two defensive pairings, is, you know, can play with speed and play with pace. And then Zadorov and Branson just can't. I mean, that's, they can do a lot of decent things, but that's not one of them. So the problem is the Panthers had four lines and three pairings that can just roll. Like they can just, you know, you're playing, say you're the, you're, you're the, you're you're going ideally ideally if you're matched up well you can match up your pace your playing style your personnel against their personnel their playing style whatever you want to say when the flames get to their third pairing and their fourth line they're on their heels and then they're stuck on their heels and they lose momentum and then all of a sudden boom florida does a line change and they have fresh guys and, and a fresh pairing and then that line is still out there and exhausted. And then they can keep doing that. And then even if your line, you know, your, your Bennett, your Monaghan line, your, your third pairing can get off the ice, get some fresh bodies in there, then there's digging themselves out of a hole. And I think that's, that's basically what we saw happen too much against Florida, especially in the second and third periods where, you well, know, they were, were actually, they were doing okay. And then they, in the things first, it was all right. In the first it was all right. Those two power play goals killed them because they should have left like honestly with the way they played they should have left the first period with 2-1 lead and that was fine Monaghan I don't Monaghan sorry 
I'm so used to be him being in the top nine. Um, Monolu, not Lucic, Dube, Manjapani is the trio I'm trying to say. They've two games in a row. So Chicago and uh, Chicago. I'm surprised they didn't score in Chicago. They had a thousand. It seemed like they a were really good chances. in Chicago. And they started the game against Florida getting tons of chances as well. Nothing has gone in, but they've been creating tons of chances. Um, the real problem was the Florida forecheck. Florida never, ever, ever didn't pursue the puck. That puck was on someone's stick. Someone was chasing them. If some, if they, if they passed it to someone else, whoever was closest to that puck on Florida, they were chasing the puck. They were always, always, always on the puck. They, they played like an entire team of what man normally does every single night. Yeah. And Calgary didn't have time to think. And now some of the forwards were able to excel in that, but that uh, the top line per se, um, Blake Coleman was flying but i mean he's so used to playing down there over the last two years it was the defense that struggled with their quick decision making and specifically the two pairs that you know you need to show up you know you're going to spend 40 40 minutes of the game playing anderson hannafin tana of shillington and they get pinned back in their own zone and calgary can't use calgary lost the neutral zone specifically in the second half of the game and they that was a largely in due in part to their defense making and, bad decisions, and, not being able to not being able to have the time to make the decisions that they want to. And, and that's also the also the thing, like just they because they can't do we've seen this a lot, like stylistically, the flames they tend to be you know, we've got used to this, I think, when Mark Giordano was here, but I think it's sort of a hallmark of a lot of the the guys who are on the team. The the defenseman gets the puck in the defensive zone, takes a deep breath, assesses, and goes you know, you do the the D to D pass, and then the quick up to the to your center, and then you're off for the races. Florida did not give them a moment yeah. to think or breathe. In turn, like if you're Tanev, you're, if you're Hannafin, if you're Shillington, and yeah, good Branson, Zadorov, it happened to as well. That happened to them when again they're playing against regular teams. But Florida just, you know, the puck gets on Tanev's stick, and he's going, okay, well, what do I do now? And there's a a guy at a Panthers jersey up in his face so you don't have the time to make that clean pass to your your forward in even if you're even if your forward's in the perfect position which they weren't a lot of the time because i think the forwards had issues with their speed too it was a lot of people kind of being where they're supposed to be but not having the time to do things well so it's a lot of turnovers inside the blue line turnovers in the neutral zone and between that and i and love the speed like the relative speed between all the various groups like that, that game got away from them really quickly. That they needed that. They hadn't, they now they played Carolina so far um, once. And Carolina home. is kind of one of, yeah, and they've had, the, and they've played the Leafs once in Toronto. Um, th- those are two of like the top five teams. They're about to go play. I'm, I'm so glad this happened to them on the first game of this little leg here because this is the power leg right now. You're going through Florida, Tampa, and then Carolina before you come home. And that happening to them before they have to go into Tampa and Carolina so they can like, the, you know, all the coach has to say is like, oh, you guys, you, you, you didn't, you didn't play fast enough. You, you didn't make the decisions quick enough. This is what I want you to do. Sutter's mentioned the pace of play. all the time. I, I that's, imagine that's what he's talking. The, the video, the, to be a fly in the wall in the video session today would have been fascinating mm-hmm. because Absolutely. I think you could probably just pick apart like take any five, two or three, or even a five minute span in the second period and just be like, okay, what went wrong? Well, they're up on like the, the flames had a bunch of different things go wrong, but I think in terms of just their five on five play, 
just the 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 speed of the execution they need to have. And that's something they're going to do well against Tampa Bay. That's going to be something they need to do well against Florida. You know, when they see them, I, I, I think they're back here. I think the 18th to the 20th, they're back here uh, at some point in, in the month of January. Assuming I, um, at this they, point, I'm assuming none of the none of the remaining home games get rescheduled because they're simply running out of room to reschedule games. They they started to say I think that some uh, some games are going in Canada are going to have to be played sans fans because they they, they said like we're just we got no time. Uh, the next game uh, against the Senators at home on the 13th of January will have no fans, yeah. and then they play. Well, you, you know you know who re- you know who reported that right. Not a hundred percent. I know it came out in NHL press release, but I think someone else had it first. Uh, no, because it, it didn't. It was it was announced that other games were postponed, but we confirmed with the NHL that the Ottawa game's not going to be postponed, at least not right now. Yeah, that was yeah. It was just, yeah, there's no there's no other place to put Slack. the games. I I sometimes forget whether we talk about it in our Slack chat or a text or on the pod. So I knew I knew we talked about it, and then it's the Panthers, and then and then it after that after the 18th. They get into a regular schedule. They got Panthers in the 18th, four days off. They're only actually going to have between the 7th and the 22nd, two games. So, you know, if they're going to try and make some games up in Calgary or something, that could be a little stretch where maybe they're going to have to, they're going to, something's got to, they're redoing a bunch of the schedule. And from talking to people at the league, it's going to suck. Like there's just no, like there's just going to be so many games. They're not going to be extending the schedule past uh, April 29th because they need to do the playoffs on time. So like, we're going to see probably, I would assume that Ottawa game goes on without fans. That Florida game goes on without fans. There's a battle of Alberta. I think, uh, I think the the second last Saturday of the month uh, in Edmonton, that's probably going to go ahead without fans or at least with, whatever capacity they can get away with. Uh, and then they're supposed no to play at home on the 24th against the blues before they go back to back Columbus, St. Louis. Yeah. Like that, and then, and then there's, yeah. I think they're going to have to bite the bullet. Well, I, I think the league is going to tell them that too. Like, I think the league is just eventually going to be like, well, I, I heard as well that they were redoing um, almost the entire second half of the schedule, basically from February on because they're trying to incorporate the all-star game but they're now have they're now rescheduling yeah, the, the, the all-star game I think is on a, the all-star games here on the saturday or the sunday tuesday you're playing that's what i was yeah told. there's no more five day there's no more five they said people that no I, th- I think it was in friedman's 32 thoughts he said uh you know the players some of the players or the majority of the players collectively agreed that yeah okay they've had a bunch of time off that's fine like this is their mid-season vacation kind of happened you know, they're not going to Bahamas this time, nature of the world right now, but they, but, but some, but there was this sentiment that some players aren't going to be too thrilled about it, but the, it's the majority, it's a union. So the union makes the call, the majority of the, the majority of the people agree, then it goes forward. And it's, I mean, that's just the way, way it works. So, yeah, so there's, it's going to be, it's going to be weird, but yeah, I think, you know, going back to what you're saying about the, I guess the, you know, da- da- I'll say this. I was in the presser. Daryl Sutter was prickly. Let's say after the Florida <laughs> game, like he, 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 he seemed a bit ornery, and he seemed like I think he was, 
I, I think he felt his, his team was dealt a very harsh reality check, but I think one that I think he probably felt they needed to have. Um, he did not think they were good. He didn't, I don't think he thought much of the team was good. Their goaltender was the second best goaltender. Uh, a lot of their defenders didn't check well. He didn't really say many positive things about anyone. Uh, you know, it was just, yeah, I, I think the idea is. He was short with some of the reporters. I think we've, we've seen this in the past. Uh, you know, let, let's be completely honest. Like the Flames are a team that at times in the past have gotten a little bit you know, bought into their own press clippings at times, or at least that's been the criticism from externally. And, you know, having the kind of game they had when they sort of got, let's be, let's be honest, sort of slapped around a bit, um, this might be a good time for that to happen for them. Because, you know, you got a reality check in, let's be honest, 2019, they got a reality check in the first round of the playoffs. And that was, you know, good, good, good. You got a reality check, but at the worst possible time, I think they're. I think getting a reality check with 50 games left to go might be the good time to get it because it gives you time to fix what needs fixing. Well, yeah. Also, say they do get slapped around by Tampa tomorrow as well, then the coaching staff can honestly go for the rest of the season. Like you're, you know, we might make the playoffs, but like you remember when we got our butt handed to us twice in a row in Florida. Yeah, you have to beat those one of those teams to probably win the cup. So how about, you know, if you guys want to win, if you guys truly want to win, we got to get there. And they're doing it with players like Mason Marchment. Now they've got more depth on their second and third line. We talked about that already. Um, the Flames desperately need another top nine forward, but they don't have the cap space to do such a thing so far. Uh, how they're going to solve oh. that, I, I can only. They kind of do, though. What do they get to? Oh, they, they, they can't, they can't take on a lot of, they can't take on any term, but if they wanted to, to, they have with uh, the, with the roster they have right now, 22 players in the active roster and Yusuf Alamaki buried in, in the minors, they can take on uh, at the trade deadline, 7.6 million in cap space. Granted that's going to change. There There's going to be injuries between now and then they're going to be, you know, mucking around some players and they're probably gonna make a couple moves I imagine, but like this is this is the kind of thing where you know if you're Brad for living like Brad for living, you know in 2019 they thought this team was good enough to win a Stanley Cup or get close to it or at least make a, a god gosh honest run on it and they weren't able to get out of the first round so they weren't as good as they thought they were uh, 20 you know 2020 or 2020 21 2019 20 like the last two the two seasons before this one they just weren't good enough like they thought they had the potential and I think you know in that locker room I think. You know, the, the experience they had in 2015, 2017, and 2019 sort of put that bug in their ear that they think they can do it. You know, they, they you know, for better or for worse, they believe in the group they have. So, you know, and you don't go out, you don't go out and get Blake Coleman, a two-time Stanley Cup champion. You don't go out and recruit the, the types of depth guys they have if you don't think you can do it. So the question is, what do they need to do to do it? And, and when who comes out, who comes out of the lineup to make room for... And, and that, that's which and, is right now, right now, oh. they've been so cohesive. Like it's been, it's been 35 games. It's been, since training camp, it's been this roster. Yeah. Minus oh. Valamaki. Valamaki is now in the minors. Other than that, and Rizishka's up. Other than that, it's been this roster. And yeah. so, and, and to be fair, I actually don't have too many terribly terrible complaints. Like getting slapped around by Florida. Okay. They're literally to me, one of the best five teams in the league. So 
I can live with that. But that's but going, that, but going, that, that's forward, sort of the point though, isn't it? Cause the idea is there. The, the idea is like, let's, let's be completely honest. You know, if the name of the game is winning a, a championship and the name of the game is them playing until friggin' late June, like if they're going to make us work to late June, the idea is they want to win a championship. So yes. if you're going to get in and you don't win a championship, you're, you fail. So what do you, what do they need what do they need to do what changes do they need to make tactically lineup wise strategically whichever way they need to what what do they need to to tweak I between I would now like and then I would like to see them try some of the now, now I'm not talking Pelche although a lot of people are uh, I would like to see them try a couple internal options before they go out and trade because that could possibly benefit your team even more in the long run i, I can you, you don't have to give them more than three five four games but, but you if, have to give them games and let's let's be completely let, let's just operate under, under this assumption though like you know i i i think if they finish well in the regular season but they don't do much of the playoffs if i'm if i'm ownership i look i think serious all due respect to the man i think seriously about making a change at, at gm because mm-hmm. well if if the idea is if the idea is you bring in Brad to living to build your team up to win a championship and you hire in Daryl Sutter to get your team to a championship level. And if you look at the way Daryl is comporting himself, you know, probably, you know, definitely with us, but you know, with the media, but also I imagine when he's dealing with the players, he wants to win a championship. Like he's, he didn't, he didn't drag him in off the farm and give him all this money to, to lose in the first round or miss the playoffs. Yeah. Like that's, that's, you don't spend, you don't bring in the, a top, 15 all-time coach just for the just for shits and giggles you're doing it because you mm. think you can win and do it because you want to win so okay great they did that one thing but if you don't follow it up with okay like they, they made the they made the changes over the summer undoubtedly with with daryl's uh, input to make the team more playoffy and more sutter like okay mm. great so now you've got a chance to sort of see that in a live fire exercise against that florida at home like I think three, going against three Eastern teams with completely different playing styles in their own building where you have no control over anything is arguably the best case scenario for figuring out what's wrong with you. Because, you know, if you hang with them, great. If you get slapped around, you, I think they need to, I, I think this road trip is over. Though. They got some, they got some days off before that Ottawa game. When this road trip is over, they need to, you know, I'd say pick apart the video from, you know, the, the, the Florida game and the Tampa and the, and the, the Carolina games coming up because don't, don't, that's, that's, that's the, that's the secret sauce there. That's the thing that's going to either make them or break them. But it's good though, because would you, I'd rather Florida slap me around playing at their best, regardless whether they didn't have Reinhardt, that's just motivation to say they couldn't be better. I'd rather get slapped around them in the regular season at their best than lose to them in some fluky game where we actually outplayed them and whatever, like the, the loss they suffered was an actual one where they can internally grow. Yeah. And that's, that's the good part. Like, so like if it happens again in Tampa tomorrow, yeah, I'll suck, but it's not going two, nine and two in your last 13 games. Like the Oilers it's you've lost two or, or even two. let's, let's be completely honest here. The 2019 flames, 
backdoored into the playoffs on St. Patrick's Day of 2019. They lost and someone else lost to the Flames to clinch the playoffs. And the Flames, you know, basically coasted into the postseason. They didn't need to play playoff hockey and they didn't play playoff hockey. And they met a team in Colorado that did and had to kill themselves to make the postseason. And then and to kill McCarr of it all. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice if you have a McCarr to bring in, you know, to help you out. But like the Flames were the second best team in that series by far. And oh, so, you know, I, and I think those are the types of things where, you know, if that happens to you in the first round of the playoffs, you have lost your changes in the offseason, you have time, like, you know, if you and I are that team, you lose, you pout, you talk to the media about what you want to learn, you go away for the summer, you go hang out with your wife, your kids or whatever, you go on vacation, you, you, it pisses you off, but if gradually the, the, the scarf, it goes away and you come in fresh. In a way, coming in fresh is the thing you don't want to have happen. Because you want that to stay with them. And, you know, this, that game against Florida, like that was arguably one of the most one-sided losses they've had all season. And I'm thinking, good. Because mm-hmm. you, you need that. You need that. If it's- Well, they haven't. That was the only time they lost by four. And I think it was like only like the third time they lost by three or more. So it was like, they, this doesn't happen that often. And I'm glad it happened in a manner that it did. Because... Now they can, now the coaching staff can say, this is what they did to beat you. We, you need, this is how we, this, now we have the tape to go back and say, this is how we correct it. Yeah. This, this is, you know, you, you want to talk, every time I think of six, the term successful failures, I think of, you know, the first Rocky movie where you know, Rocky goes the distance with uh, Apollo Creed, but loses, but you know, he, he learned, like he learned, he could hang with them. He learned what not to do in those situations. Even uh, you ever see Apollo 13 where, you know, Apollo 13, when they landed, you know, the, the term uh, from NASA over the mission was, it was a successful failure because yeah, they, they didn't go to the moon, but no one died. I mean, it was a situation where it could have been a lot worse. But, you know, space travel in, in North, you know, space travel worldwide got, you know, so much more refined and safer because they almost died in Apollo 13. So, okay, this is their, this is their opportunity. To, this is their Rocky, you know, the first movie. This is their Apollo 13 close call. Like this is, you know, you have enough time, you have enough time to fix this. You have enough time for the, you know, the, the crankiness, the bitterness, the, the, the anger, the embarrassment, whatever word you want to use of the Florida game to carry with you. And, you know, the, the, they don't have a lot of practice time. Like they don't, they practice today. Uh, and then they play, you know, Thursday when most folks are listening to this uh, against Tampa at five, and then they play against uh, Carolina Friday at five, and then they're back home. So, I mean, they, they might not have on this road trip, the, the chance to really absorb this, but I think, you know, I, I think the, the, the measure of this coach well, is they're gonna how have, they use it. And they're going to have a lot of time theoretically unless the schedule changes, they're going to have a lot of time back in Calgary, like a couple weeks at least where they only have like, again, two or three games. So they're going to have a lot of time where they can do the video as well. Oh no, they're, they're, uh, I'm just, I'm just vamping while I pull up the schedule. They're, they're (laughs) going to get games crammed in. Like right now, you know, as we, as we pivot and sort of look ahead to whatever the hell is going on. So here's what we do know about the schedule. And this is, you know, this is obviously subject to change, but you know, ta- uh, Elliot Freeman and 32 Thoughts made the, basically made the, the comment that the league doesn't really have any more, you know, room to postpone further games. Uh, so the games they postpone are the games they postpone. And so as of about the 17th or 18th of January, if, you know, you have a taxi squad, the Flames have a team full of guys who've already gone through the protocol and won't have to be tested anymore unless they're symptomatic. So, 
you know, they're going to ride it out. So, I mean, the Flames play, you know, the Tampa and Carolina on uh, Thursday, Friday. Then they fly home. They play Ottawa on the 13th. They play uh, Florida at home on the 18th. And then I think Edmonton on the 22nd. I don't think that they're going to backfill any games, but I don't know that they won't. I know what I suspect greatly is they won't reschedule the Ottawa game because there, I was told by the league, there is simply the Ottawa game is part of a longer road trip. Ottawa is going through Seattle. They're going through Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg. And I think I forget where else, but they're going to basically all the Western Canadian cities in Seattle. There's nowhere else in their schedule to put that. You you know, when you, if you reschedule that game, you're not just rescheduling that game, you're scheduling the whole trip and there's just nowhere to put it. In order to redo Ottawa's entire schedule, you there's nowhere to put it. So they can't, they're well, not going to do that. Similarly, this Florida, is a bigger, op- Florida, Florida is coming in and Florida. That's also part of a, a Western swing where it's the only Western swing Florida makes all year. And you reschedule that you have to reschedule the whole damn thing. And so they don't want to do that. So the Florida game's probably not moving. And then we're up again. We're basically at the, the April 18th or the January 18th date where the league's probably not going to be able to move much else. So, I mean, you know, the, the flames are going to have to be, you know, they have a lighter schedule probably in, for the next two weeks after they get home. And then they're just gonna cram in games everywhere they can. And well, they've they, already they've already made the Oilers play like uh, like one night, and then the next afternoon, like 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 they didn't give them a full full days like full days worth between game starts. It was like 14, 15 hours or something like that. And I'm like, there, that's gonna be everybody. Like that's 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 was, going for it. They, was they've that even got a rescheduled game, these, or is that just like the league's terrible schedule? Like the the schedule is that was that was the least terrible schedule ever. So just, but like now I gotta look that up. Now all, I just think now I just think you're picking on the poor Oilers. Well, it's fun to do that right now. They keep losing. Um, but every all 32 venues, we all like for, for listeners, you gotta remember there's concerts scheduled in these places. There's basketball games in some of these places. There's events, other events that take place. And so when the schedule comes out in the before the summer, spring, or whenever playoffs, I can't remember when they drop it. They sometimes it's usually August. right before the draft. Yeah, June. Yeah, June. Um, and so they drop the schedule, and then they can plan and say, "Okay, we're gonna have uh, Garth Brooks come in here. We're gonna have Shania Twain come in here. We're Calgary or whatever. We're gonna have these these musical guests on these days." Then the schedule goes with the whack, and it's like, "Well, you can't. We've already." booked those people for those days there's tickets sold for those events so the, the schedule makers have to work around all of this and creating and redoing all these games all these home games it's just like a nightmare like 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 i said the oilers just did that the islanders started 13 games on the road this is already such a that's because the heck that's is their building season. wasn't ready like that, I, that was the islanders <laughs> doing it to themselves but yeah it's 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 gonna be it's gonna it be a weird schedule for us the way like we, I think we kind of have a handle on what we think the next four games are, but you know, the flames are I, beyond that, beyond that though, we don't have a clue. <laughs> oh no. Like, I think, I think we'll probably get some hints in the next, probably, probably like I'd say by the 18th or 20th of January, the league will give us an idea of what the deuce things are going to look like from here on out, but it's, you know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so and it's a good thing they. I just want to mention it's a good thing they won against Seattle and Chicago. 
because this next two this game the Florida those, game and those, these next two games those are the you, you don't want to say that games against sub 500 teams are must win but if you're going to the proverbial learning tree in the south in the old southeast division with three teams against three you know three games against three teams you think you're gonna learn something from you know lessons are good but you better hope you have enough breathing room in the standings to be able to take some lessons well and if they lost them they if you go back to pre-covid shutdown if they'd lost those two games they'd currently be on a seven game losing streak and they have actually only won two of their last seven so it's not tremendous uh they've played like the top, like there's been a lot of positive signs. I think the D are going to get a real kick in the butt from the coach and we'll see a better performance um, today. If you're listening to it um, and tomorrow against the Canes. Okay. Um, before, uh, before we end up uh, sending this thing, uh, sending this thing to, uh, to, a, to a close. Uh, if you're, if you're Daryl Sutter and Grant, I mean, you're not Daryl Sutter, you have much better hair, but if you're Daryl Sutter, um, uh, do, do you make any changes from the Florida lineup, the Florida, like, obviously your instructions of the team are you guys need to play better, but do you, do you, I could, I can talk myself into going with the same group, the same goalie, the same skaters, because you give them a chance to show that they're better than what they've shown. But I can also, I think Vladar starts. I think Vladar Vladar starts the first, I think Vladar gets one of these two games. He hasn't played in forever. He has to get one of the two. He's, he's been, He's been fine when he has played. So it's a back-to-back situation. Markstrom just let in six. Traditionally in back-to-backs, Daryl makes no skater changes, but he splits his goalies up. Yeah, so I don't I, – I think Richie, that was his first game back. I don't – if anything, put Richie where Pitlick is. Drop Pitlick me, down to the fourth. I don't – I would add Rizicka into the fourth line instead of Pitlick or Richardson, but I don't think – if I'm Daryl Sutter – I'm thinking like Sutter. I don't think he does that. I think he would run either Richardson, Monahan, Lewis, and sit Pitlick, and promote Richie, or run or keep Pitlick in Richardson's spot and run Pitlick. I, Monahan, I think Lewis. Richardson is a bit a uh, bit hurt right now or working through something. So yeah, I think he, what he's 36 does, as well. Like he's the would, elder statesman. On I team. would think he goes back with the same skaters, like the same lineup, but maybe shuffles up the lines a bit. Like How many diff- chances Lucic, Dubé, and Mangiapane have had the last two games? I absolutely not. They stay together without a question. Like they, they're, they're just a matter of okay, one just go across the line. Finally, you're getting high danger opportunities in close to the net constantly. You're hitting posts. You're hitting random shin pads that weren't like that are randomly there. You're just missing. Like they're doing everything right. They just need to just it just needs to go in. Um, Backlund and Coleman seems like they're together. They're a pairing that he's uh, he's mixed with. They're going to set, and you don't touch the top line. No matter what, you do not touch a top line that is literally performing as one of the best two in the entire league. Now, there's some Leafs fans, if they listen to this, they won't be happy with that. But your line's only played about 120 minutes at even strength. Calgary's is at about 350, 360. Same with the perfection line. Boston. To steal to steal a line from the, the Kevin Costner film draft day, Vontae Mack, no matter what. Uh, no that's, matter what. That's the that's the, the top line. They're the they're the uh the, the the they're Linus's snuggly blanket. They're the they're their safety valve. You don't muck around with the, your top four defense and you don't muck around with that line at this point. 
But I, love, I don't know. I've watched be... that movie five times, Mike. I love that movie. <laughs> it holds up, man. It holds. That was the first. I I forget. I got that Blu-ray for like it was like a throw-in where I was buying something else. I'm like, okay, and yeah, that's you just, wanna, just a good fans, movie. If you want to, it's about football. Just for that, before we jet. No, that it's not about football. football. It's about life. That's it's like saying that life. Jerry Maguire is about football. But it, no, I, I was going to say a but here. The premise is it's a football draft. It's about the NFL draft. But if you want to pump yourself up before the NF, NHL, MLB, whatever draft, watch that movie. You will not regret it. It is so fun. It would never, ever happen in real life. <laughs> but it is what it is. I don't know. I got I get some Brian Burke and uh, 99 vibes out of that draft. But I don't no, know. The, du- the double the double Sadine draft. Yeah, the well, someone had to do it. That was the closest thing though. to be drafted together. So I think teams were more willing. The, the players, the Twins outright said they want they don't they only wanted to play for the same team. So I think some teams were willing to make. But still, like what he did, I, I'm not trying to knock that. What he did in the '99 draft is probably some of the most impressive draft work uh, I've seen. We love you, Berkey. Uh, I think that's a good place to cap her off. Uh, so yeah, well, there's there's some fascinating hockey coming up, especially on Thursday and Friday. So it's going to be really exciting. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully, uh, as entertaining as that Florida game was, that Florida game, my God, the pace of that Florida game. I mean, the wheels fell off the flames a little bit later on, but for the first like 25, 30 minutes of that game, like it was like watching, so like it was like that watching was like, a, a really good low weight class boxing match where everyone's just moving and they're just hitting each other and you know, just nonstop action. Outside of a battle of Alberta, that was the most entertaining like end-to-end action I've seen now the co- it would give the coaches absolute ulcers deep within their souls because the shots were something like 39 to 40 or something like that 40 to they were very high um, but it was so fun and that's like that's what I want to watch come playoff time hopefully yeah hopefully there hopefully uh, we have something to watch in May uh, that's a good I think that's a good place to cap her off um, so yeah, as as uh, usual, Flames Nation Radio is brought to you by DoorDash and Eau Claire Distilleries, Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, thank you for joining us, everyone. For Shane, I'm Ryan. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.